Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. Nevrut carefully described for one week Five times a day after making namaz, which is the Muslim prayer time, he says, I would rub that little book gently on my cheek and jaw, praying that Jesus would heal me. Nevrut's eyes glimmered and his mustache danced as he finished the story just that way I hoped it would climax. As he said, and after one week, I was totally healed. Allah is great! And praise to Jesus, I inserted. He is a healer and has power to hear and answer our prayers because he is alive. In part one of our story, Barnabas and several others, while on a backpacking trip in the mountains of Turkey, not far from where Paul the Apostle had done his missionary labors, found themselves the night guests of an interesting character named Nevrut. Nevrut is a very wealthy landowner who lives a simple mountain life, whose prized possession is an expensive sniper rifle. A faithful Muslim in his 50s, Nevrut has had a violent life of killing PKK terrorists. His face was partially paralyzed for eight years after a drug overdose. From a stranger, he had received a book about Jesus. With faith in Jesus as a healer, he rubbed the book on his face after each of his Muslim prayers. Within a week, Nevrut was miraculously healed. Part one ended with Barnabas wishing he could leave a Bible in Nevrut's hands. However, as the two praised Jesus for his healing power, they were soon interrupted. After one week, I was totally healed. Allah is great! And praise to Jesus, I inserted. He is a healer and has power to hear and answer our prayers because he is alive. Yes, Nevrut agreed, eyes gleaming. He was a healed man and he knew it. Jesus had done it. Surely this was my opportunity to get a, a Bible into this home. But suddenly the words... Allah is one, and Muhammad is his prophet, and the way of the Quran is the straight path. Broke my dreamy state of amazement and awe at Jesus' mercy towards this man. The voice had come from behind me. Another man had entered the room during the story. Barak and I looked up, surprised, hiding our concern that in an instant the glory had turned from Christ. Feeling more cautious than I had seconds before, I wondered, who is this man? And would his loyalty to Islam prevent me from leaving a Bible after all? Would Nevrut receive a Bible in this other man's presence? What would be my risk now? Giving a Bible away in a Muslim country is a delicate matter, as delicate as the skin on one's neck. 
The wrong words can stir up flash anger in an avid Quran advocate that can certainly end a friendship and may end a life. I've determined only to give Bibles away where they are really wanted. After Nevrud's dramatic testimony of healing through the power of Jesus, I was sure that even this gun-toting hunter of terrorists would be anxious to receive a Bible, ultimately that being the most powerful thing I could do for him. The sudden entrance of another Muslim man, however, made me wonder if giving a Bible could start a conflict. This new man changed the social dynamics and closed again the curtain of opportunity as he pressed the conversation in Islamic directions. Who was he? Ah yes, the night before the old aunt had said her son's foot was amputated five months earlier in a logging accident. Surely this was he, leg extended straight as if using a prosthetic and a cane clutched in his hand. I reached out and shook his hand, smiled and gave him a warm greeting and said, your mother told us of your loss of your leg. May this too pass. Saying this expression is a Turkish way of being polite. The man was in his 40s and looked very much like 20 million other Turks. A swarthy face decorated with a big black mustache and brandishing a very mischievous but heartwarming smile. The man was broad-shouldered and his huge hands told of years of hard lumbering work. He began to boast about the Quran and its merits, obviously with intent to convince me, a foreigner, of its virtue. He was caught a little off guard when I told him that I read the Quran. Attempting to restrain the Islamic verbal tide, I asked Tali, his name, to tell me about how he had lost his leg. He said, There is a place in the forest where tradition has it that the prophet Noah had built an altar many years ago. Now the place is under a curse. When anyone goes near that place, the prophet Noah brings some accident upon a person. I wanted to burst out and say, Why would the righteous prophet Noah do something bad to people? But I decided not to waste my credibility on arguing this point, as superstition is reality to those who embrace it. Tali continued, I was hired to go clear some forest land near the spot, and my foot was crushed. Before I could ask exactly how the accident happened, Tali was telling story after story of other men who had lost limbs in the same location. Apparently, some demons were working their havoc in that spot. Nevrut and the other man, Tali, now began to go back and forth about their different Islamic legends. Knowing a direct attack would lead nowhere, I listened carefully for an opportunity to turn the conversation to my advantage. Tali proudly asserted, Every child that is born has an invisible mark on its forehead that says, God is one and Muhammad is his prophet. I thought, a mark on the forehead? In a flash, the Holy Spirit put a, a small sermon into my head and I knew this was my doorway. In a kind tone, I began, gentlemen, I want to talk about that mark. My father taught me to believe in the one true God. He taught me to believe in the prophets, and Tali inserted, and Muhammad is the last. And I said, and he taught me to believe in the last days. Do you believe in the last days? 
Tali looked at Nevrut and smiled, as if affirming that now we were really talking about something true and interesting. I said, We know that in the last days the Messiah Jesus is to return, but before that happens there will be an Antichrist and false Christs. Both Tali and Nevrut agreed with me and then wanted to insert their own knowledge on this subject. Tali said there would be three ways that he will know the real Christ when he comes. Number one, he will have a mustache that is two and a half meters long. And number two, he will walk on water. And number three, a certain rock that now hovers over the earth somewhere in Arabia will suddenly collapse and touch the ground. Hmm. Nevrut affirmed Tali's point number three and said how he had written a local newspaper on this very subject and they were especially grateful as it helped to dismiss some local beliefs people had that Jesus had already come. I tried not to laugh or mock in any way their beliefs about a two and a half meter mustache. Trying to stay on course, I said, God says in the Injil, the New Testament, that there will be two different kinds of marks on the foreheads of all people. One will be for the wicked, and that one will be called the mark of the beast. The other will be called the seal of God. Both men then whispered the Muslim mantra, God is one, and Muhammad is his prophet. Pausing for a moment to gather my thoughts and try and build my punchline in succinct steps, I said, Do you know that the Injil tells directly who will receive that final seal of God? I want that seal, don't you? It is the key to paradise. It says those who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus will receive the seal of God. You know the commandments of God were the ten laws written by God's finger given to the prophet Moses, and they're found in the Tevrat, that is, the Old Testament. Slowing a bit, I encouraged, of course, the Quran tells us to read the Tevrat. I was thankful that they let me keep going without interrupting. Then I held two fingers up and I emphasized, Remember, those who receive the seal of God will have two things. First, they will keep the commandments of God. And second, they will have the faith of Jesus. I said, The Quran agrees with this in telling that on the day of resurrection, those who follow Jesus will be above those who disbelieve. They nodded in agreement. They obviously knew in the Quran, which is in Surah chapter 7 and verse 55. Nevrut, you just told me you have faith in Messiah Jesus. You experienced Messiah Jesus heal you. Both Nevrut and Tali were listening closely now. I decided to cut to my appeal. Nevrut, looking him directly in the eye, I said, because I see you as a man who loves the truth and wants the seal of God, I want to give you a gift. I want to give you a Tevrat, a Zebul, and an Injil. Nevrat's eyes lit up, and he reached out, and he clasped my hand, and he pulled me close to his chest. He was delighted. He strongly kissed me on both cheeks, his mustache like velcroing to my own unshaven face. He hung on to my hand and he wouldn't let it go. Suddenly, 
With his appreciative smile still on his face, the Holy Spirit put an illustration in my mind. Nevrut, I said, if I were to take your very expensive Remington sniper rifle and cut it into four parts and only give you one part, you would not be happy with just having one-fourth of it, would you? He said no, he wouldn't, as his eyes darkened and his, his eyebrows began to furrow on his forehead. I said, you know, you believe that God has given four holy books, and yet you only have one of them, the Quran. I said, with this gift that I am going to give you, I am going to give you the full weapon of God. Oh, he loved this. It was clear to him. His tight squeeze on my hand tightened all the more, and he reeled me in for another embrace and a kiss. Now, Tali, I want to give you a gift also. I want to pray for healing for your leg. He was only five months with an amputated leg, and he was ex still experiencing quite a lot of pain. And so we knelt around him and laid hands on him. Oh, how I wish I had seen that leg restored at that moment. Increase my faith, Lord. Tali began to cry as he thanked us after we prayed. My little team of student missionaries and I decided to get moving. And while everyone was happy, that was the time to leave. Not having a full Bible with me, I took Nevrut's address and told him I would send by cargo the treasure that I had for him. With our backpacks loaded, we journeyed toward the mountains, down, down the very road that Nevrut had constructed 30 years earlier for his lost love. Perhaps this day he had found a new love, a new love for the Bible and a love for Jesus. He stood for the longest time on that road, waving goodbye to us, and then he shouted, and remember, remember my book. I turned happily to my, my Turkish Adventist friend and I said, can I ever forget it? No, I certainly wouldn't. If you feel God calling you to the mission field, or if you would like to support Frontier Missionaries, point your browser to afmonline.org. God bless.